All right, I want you to notice in verse 23 of Genesis 2, it says, And Adam said, This is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. So this morning, uh, I, want to preach, I wanted to preach a message for Mother's Day. And what I'm specifically going to talk about is common mistakes of Christian mothers. And there's a lot of problems in motherhood uh, in the world today. And we could talk a lot about the problems in motherhood. We could talk about all the abortion and things like that that's going on and just the unnatural affection that is out there. But I don't, you know, there's no point in preaching to the world today. I want to preach to all of you in here. I want to preach to Christian moms, God's people, because you know what? We're not perfect either. All right? God's people, they make some mistakes. They get some things wrong. And I want to deal with a few of these things today, but I chose this verse here to start it out because there's a very important principle I think we can see here in this verse I'm going to get to in a minute, which is this verse we read. It's the first time we see the word mother in the Bible. In chapter 2, it's the first time we see a mother mentioned. There's something else that's mentioned in there that I want to point out in a little bit. But I do want to say, when it comes to being a mother, you know, I don't think anybody can put into words, you know, um, and or know how to express all that a mom does. I mean, it is amazing what a mother has to do. I don't think there's a man on earth, I know there's not a man on earth, who can understand, you know, carrying a child inside them for nine months. You know, most of us guys have thought that would freak us out, you know, and, and rightfully so. Uh, to think that there was another person inside of us. Um, you know, we'll never understand labor pains and giving birth. And I thank the Lord for that. I just... I have a tough enough time being the husband in the room. I can't imagine being the one going through the pain. Our last one, all of our kids, I cut the cord on all of our kids except the last one. I just, I was having too tough a time. I just, they asked if I wanted to do it. I'm like, no, I'm good. I think I'm going to, I'm going to skip this one. It was tough, all right? But it was tougher for her, all right? It was tough. I will say, she got over it faster than I did, though, this, this last time, you know? She was talking about how that was the easiest one and everything. It was my hardest, but uh, she, no, nah, I think Tommy was my hardest because she had to push for like two and a half hours. That was hard to watch, all right? But um, it, it's hard to watch someone you love in pain, but it's harder to be the one in pain. I, I'm sure it is, but I, I, I have a tough time with that. I, I think I'm just a very compassionate person. You know, I was uh, at the uh, Marble Canyon in Arizona this week. And I've never in my life had an anxiety attack in my life, ever. I was having anxiety attacks there because there's people everywhere standing at the edge of the canyon taking pictures, and there's no rails or anything. There's, I mean, I just, I'm watching everybody just that far from death, and I couldn't handle it. Alright? I didn't even know these people, you know? There's all these people from different countries there. I can't remember how many, you know, Pastor Anderson, he knows a lot about different languages and things. I forgot how many different languages he identified when we were there. You know, these are people from other parts of the world, other countries. I can't even talk with these people, but I'm like terrified for them and just hyperventilating seeing these people on the edge. I just, I could, I was blaming the high altitude. I did. I just, I felt, um, I, I was kind of embarrassed by it, but I'm just going to chalk it up to I'm just a very compassionate person. I don't want to see people fall hundreds of feet and splatter on the rocks below. I just I'd rather not see that. But you know, when it you know when it comes to you know raising kids, you know fathers we pay a very important role. There's no doubt about it. But 
it is not the same role as the mother. All right, it's it's not. It's and no man, you know, will never experience a child eating from our physical body like a nursing mother does. We'll never experience that. And you know, as fathers, you know, we participate in many of the day-to-day activities and responsibilities of raising a child. But you know, probably none of us have done a fraction of what the wife has done, or what the mother has done. We just we just haven't done it. And I say all this to say, you know, none of us will ever truly understand what it's like to be a mother, but I think we could say there's got to be a very strong emotional attachment that we cannot understand. That I think that goes beyond something that a man can understand. You know, physically carrying a child for nine months and literally keeping it alive the first years of its life. I mean, that's going to cause an attachment there that's going to be very strong. And so, what I want to preach about today, it applies more to women like women in our church compared to moms today because our culture today, it's going down the tubes. There's no doubt about it. Proof is in the children. You know, it, and our, our culture and our society is doing everything it can to detach the uh, child from its mother. I mean, they're trying to, they're trying to separate kids from the mother. I mean, from the earliest age possible. I mean, to the point where, I mean, they're literally detaching children from their mother's wombs through things like abortion. The most unnatural, unimaginable thing that there is. I mean, women, you know, I, I was just sitting at the airport yesterday and there was this lady sitting across from me that was pregnant and, you know, you could just see her there, you know, hands on the stomach. And you'll sometimes see women too. They'll give themselves away when they're very early on in their pregnancy because they just do this thing where they kind of have their hand on their stomach all the time. Uh, it's just like a mothering thing. They know there's a baby in there. They know or they they can't feel it kicking yet or anything like that. But yet it's just something that they naturally do. If they fall, if they get hurt, the first thing they do is they think about that baby that's inside of them. That's just completely natural. That's completely normal. And to do something to end that life, you know. And this this message today isn't about abortion, but folks, I got to say something about it on, on Mother's Day. It's just unimaginable. It's a, it's a it's a thinking. It's a mindset. That I just I, I will never be able to grasp, and I don't want to be able to grasp it. I, I don't want that. It's it's completely unnatural, and our society is, is they're, they're literally physically detaching children from their mother's wombs, and then as soon as they're born, they're doing everything they can to detach them. They're trying to get them put into daycares as soon as they possibly can, and kids at very young ages are separated from their mothers for very long portions of the day. And it's just that way their whole life. That is our culture today, but that's not the culture here. That's not what we do, and that's not what this is about. But at the same time, sometimes Christians who we have the right mindset when it comes to abortion, when it comes to raising kids, sometimes there's mistakes that are made that I believe cause problems later on. And I want to talk about some of these things. So the first thing I want to point out, notice in verse 24, the first time we see the word mother mentioned in the Bible, notice that it says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. Alright? Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother. Now moms, something you need to realize, those kids aren't meant to stay with you forever. They're not meant to live with you forever. Now many women are like, Thank the Lord. You know, I mean, there's there's some people today, they're like, I just can't wait until they turn 18, you know. And that's kind of part of our society and culture today. But you know what? That's not usually so much the case in here. Sometimes Christian women, they fail to cut the apron strings. 
There are some women today, they're raising very good kids. They raise good children. They're well-behaved children, but they fail to produce good adults. And folks, it's, it's clear what they're doing. They, they, it's like they're trying to keep them little. They're trying to keep them small. They want to keep them home forever. But that also is not natural. That is not what God intended. God intended for a man to leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. God plan, God intended for the man to give his daughter to a man to be married so they can go and they can start their own family. And so your children can have the experience of being a father and being a mother and raising the kids just like you did. Parents have got to have it in their head from the time these kids are born that one of these days, this child is going to leave me. One of these days, it's not, this, this child is not going to be at home anymore. And folks, that's tough. It's, it's even tough for dads sometimes. You know, I mean, when you know Tommy got got his job this year, you know there was a part of me that was just like you know I just rather not have to worry about him out there working. I just rather kind of keep him at home. You know Jason, uh, you know he's uh, got his learner's permit now. He's gonna be getting a driver's license pretty soon. And you know a part of me as a dad, I'm like you know what. I wouldn't care if my kids didn't get their boys didn't get their driver's license. I wouldn't care if they didn't get a job. I like having them at home. I know what's going on. You know, I know what influences are in their lives. But at the same time, I've also got this mindset that you know what? They got to grow up. They've got to learn to be a man. They've got to learn to get a job. They need to learn how to drive a car. They need to learn some responsibilities. And it makes me uncomfortable letting my children grow up sometimes. You know. My oldest daughter's only 14. I hate the thought of some guy coming along and wanting to be her boyfriend. I mean, I I hate the thought of that. But you know, eventually, you know, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to cross that bridge. I'm halfway there. You know, she's 14. I'm halfway. uh, She's you know, and pretty soon, (laughs) pretty soon that's gonna be a reality. But you know, unfortunately, because you know, Christian parents. They're so anxious to keep their kids away from the world and away from the influences of the world, they never let them grow up. And we've got to let them grow up. Christian parents often you know, raise up helpless mama's boys. That is a common thing in Christian homes. While you have a good little boy, he's a polite little boy, you know, I mean, he's just so well dressed, he's so well groomed, you know, he's, he says, yes, sir, you know, yes, ma'am. You know, he's just, he's just polite. He's just, you know, wonderful little Lord Fauntleroy, you know, everything a mother would want, but you know, he's also 25 years old, and, uh, you know, he, he still doesn't know how to talk to adults, you know? He's still shy and hides behind his mom's skirt. We got a problem right there, okay? Eventually, they've got to grow up, they've got to be a man, and they've got to take responsibility. God did not intend for them to stay with you forever. That was not God's plan. They are to leave their father and mother and cleave unto their wife. And that's got to, you know, that's tough. I, I have not experienced that yet. And, you know, a part of me doesn't want to. You know, we, my wife's always like, you know, we shouldn't have started Tommy in school so early. You know, he's just, he's just about to finish high school. It's like, ah, you know, he's, he's so young. You know, we should have held him back a year, you know, or uh, did, you know, did something like that. But, you know, you, you got to let him grow up. You've got to do this. This is God's plan. And many people do everything they can to stop that because they just don't want to let go of that kid. But when you do that, when you hang on to him too long, you know what you just end up doing? You end up, you end up hurting him. They end up getting bitter. They end up then looking for the escape hatch is what they end up doing. And they many times end up going into rebellion. 
You know, and moms do. Moms they love having those little babies that are dependent on them. You know, though and those are special times, but they can't stay that way forever. They can't stay that way forever, and it's important that you have that mindset from day one, they're eventually going to leave you. It says in Proverbs eighteen twenty two, it says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing and obtaineth favor of the Lord. It is a wonderful thing, the most wonderful thing that could happen to your son. Besides getting saved, is him finding the right wife, and you know what? You got to let him do it. And there's moms. I mean, they'll see their boy talking to another girl, and they just they freak out, you know. And it's like, listen, that's normal, all right. And you ought to really be thankful these days, you know, when your boy starts expressing interest in girls and starting to want a wife. That's good. That's normal. That is what that is what God intended. So you know what you got to do? You got to prepare him for it. That's why you know you gotta you gotta use those things. That is what I have always used, and I'm I am currently using for my boys. It's like if you want a wife, you have to be able to provide for. Her. You're not gonna get married and her. You guys move into our house. You know I'm not I'm not providing for your wife. You gotta provide for your wife. So guess what? You don't get to be a dummy in school and not learn anything because you need to be able to get a job. You need to be able to provide. You know what? You don't get to be lazy and not do any work and not learn any responsibility. Do you want to live at home forever? I mean, I'll talk to my kids like it's bad. Do you want to be living in my house when you're 30 years old? You know, no, you don't want that. You want to go and you, you want a wife, you want a woman, you want to get married. So guess what? You need to go out and get a job. You need to learn some skills. You need to learn how to do a few things. You need to learn how to go through some tough times and handle responsibility because it's not just, it's, it's not always easy being a husband. It's not easy being a father. It's not easy being a provider. And you've got to start preparing them for these things. You've got to get them out there working at a young age. You got to give them responsibilities, give them chores to do, let them be responsible, have them go get a job. And I've told this story before, and I'll tell it again. But as a 16-year-old boy, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to school. I'm being provided for. All my bills are being paid for me. I'm being fed all the time. But when I turned 16, my dad helped me get a car. As soon as he, I got that car, I got it right before I turned 16. And right after I turned 16, one day he comes to the house. He picks me up and he says, "Hey, we're going to McDonald's. You've got an interview for a job there." He knew the manager there. I'm like, I don't want to work at McDonald's. <laughs> and he said, too bad, you need to get a job. Let's go. And I showed up there. He dropped me off. She had me fill out the application right there and hired me right there. You start this day or whatever. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't want to do this. And then I got that job there. And I thought, and I, first day. I was like, this job stinks. I mean, I, I didn't like it. I didn't like the people. I didn't like the work. And I remember, you know, thinking, I'm going to quit. You know, I'm going to find, I'm going to find a different job. And I remember my dad told me, he's like, now you know what? You're not going to be a job hopper. He's like, if you ever want to get a good job someday, they're going to see somebody on your application that you've been at a job for a long time. You're not always jumping around jobs. You need to be there for a while. And I'm thinking, fine, I'll be there three months. That's long enough, you know. And then, but you know, you know, he, he, he taught me a few things. I was, I was kind of forced into it. All right, I was content just sitting at home playing video games. But thankfully, you know, and I remember too, my mom was kind of like, you know, he doesn't need a job. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want him working there. You know, the people are, you know, the, some of those people are really nasty. You know, who knows what he's subjected to? And Dad's just like, he needs to learn. He needs to get a job. He needs to learn how to do these things. That was my dad's attitude. And I'm thinking, you know, go mom. You know, come on. You know, tell him. You know, but unfortunately, 
I mean, fortunately, actually, now, Dad won. You know, I'm glad that it happened. But, you know, and it was my mom's natural instinct to want to keep me at home. You know, my mom, you know, she was, my dad was so excited when me and my wife got together because he couldn't wait until we got married and started having grandkids. All right, you know, we weren't going to have kids. You know, he was going to have grandkids. And that was kind of his, his mentality. So he was excited, but my mom cried. You know, my mom was just, uh, you know, and it was, it was hard on her. And that, you know, that's normal. And thankfully, you know, in my, in my household, you know, there, there was that balance that was there. You know, you had that mom that wanted to keep you tied to the apron strings, but you had my dad that was like, no, we got to cut the apron strings. And, uh, you know, and I, I turned out all right. You know, there was that balance there, but you do, you've got to have that mentality that I am not a successful parent if I just have a good little boy or a good little girl while they're in my house, I'm a successful parent when they leave my house and they go on and they live happy lives. And they go on and continue in the things that I taught them. That's when you've succeeded as a parent. Because I've known many Christian parents who have raised the nicest, most well-behaved kids. I mean, they keep them all dressed right. They're, you know, they're polite. They do all these things. They follow all the rules. They look the part but they're also miserable. They get into their adult years and they don't know how to function in society and they end up getting bitter, they end up getting angry and they end up escaping that home and they end up in rebellion and they end up living miserable lives that don't even resemble the way that they were raised. And I, be I believe the problem is because the parents weren't preparing them to leave the house. But the first time we see father and mother mentioned in the Bible, we see that a child is supposed to leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. So you've got to get that in your head. Get that in your head from the time they're born. And it's not always fun. But folks, as sure as we're all going to be buried in the ground one of these days, your kids are going to grow up. And, they're going, and it's going to be God's will for them to leave and get married and have their own family. And so you've got to get that in your head from day one. That is God's plan. It's God's will. And you know what? Your kids, they're not going to remember you know, how you kept them alive those early years. They're too young to remember that. You know, they're not going to remember all those times that you literally saved their lives. All right, you don't have to raise your parent your your hands here, but how many of you parents have literally saved your kids' lives before? You know, when they were about to just do something that was going to kill them. You know, and you know you managed to save them just at the right moment thanks to that you know motherly instinct that you have, and you know you're embarrassed later, you felt terrible. My wife, I mean, not long after Tommy was brought home from the hospital, I probably shouldn't tell this story. She was like pulling the uh, blinds in the bedroom in our house, and they like fell off and hit him in the face, like left a big mark. And she, she was crying and just felt like the worst mom in the world. And, you know, we've all done that before where you, you, you did something on accident, harmful to your child, and you just felt like the worst mother. Uh, you know, that, that happens. But, you know, you also save their lives many times. And they don't remember these things. You'll never forget them, but they, they do forget them. And that's gotta, I know that's gotta be tough, but you know, here's just a little secret. This is a side note. While the individual child won't remember all those things you did, they will know you did those things if you continue having children and they see you doing that with their younger brothers and sisters. And many of the things that I do with my children, some of the things I say, the goofy songs I sing, these are songs that dad sung, my dad sung to me. These are things that my dad did with me. Now, do I remember those things? No. But I know he did them to me because I watched him do it to my younger sisters. 
And so a lot of the things that I do that make me a fun dad are things that I saw my dad do. And many times today, because of part of our culture, people don't have hardly any kids, you know, most kids have never seen a, a baby raised. You know, in our family, I mean, our kids, you know, my daughters, I mean, are really good at taking care of us. Abby, she does a great job taking care of a lot. You know, she knows how to change diapers and all those things. She already knows how to do all that stuff. And they're like, well, what about the younger ones? Well, but, you know, the younger ones, after we're done having kids, our other kids will be having kids and they can go help with their little nieces and nephews. You know, they're, they're, you learn that way. You know, and, you know, hopefully we'll produce a culture in our family that knows how to take care of kids and knows how to raise kids. There, there's, that's another sermon for another day, but there's so many benefits to a large family. There, there's, there's so many benefits to it. And so, but that first thing that Christian parents often do, they fail to cut the apron strings. You have to cut the apron strings. You've got to get it in your head. They're going to leave you. And you've got to understand that's okay. That's a good thing. Go ahead and be sad. When you give your daughter away on her wedding day, go ahead and cry about it. You know, Go ahead and cry that those days, you know, those days are past. Go ahead. That's fine. But just understand you're doing a good thing. All right? You're doing the right thing. She's going to be happier and you're going, to be ha- you're going to be happier. If you keep her in your house forever, it's only a matter of time, and all of a sudden you're going to, it's going to be a war zone. And you're going to have a huge problem, and then she's going to break your heart, not want to have anything to do with you. You've just got to get that in your head. So look over, turn over to Jeremiah chapter 48. Another thing that uh, Christian parents often do, and this is a part of just trying to shelter. I am, I'm, for shel- I'm for sheltering. I'm for just keeping away from the junk of this world. And I preached on this passage the other day, but... It says in Jeremiah 48, verse 11, it says, Moab hath been at ease from his youth, and he hath settled on his lees, and hath not been emptied from vessel to vessel, neither hath he gone in captivity, therefore his taste remaineth in him, and his scent is not changed. Therefore, behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will send unto him wanderers that shall cause him to wander, and shall empty his vessels, and break their bottles. And this is kind of talking about, you know, in, uh, in grape juice or in wine. There's that fermentation that happens, and if there, if things aren't shook up a little bit, there's like a settling that goes on. It talks about that setting on their their leaves. There's these dregs that are there, and this is a bad thing it's talking about. And when people never go through anything, it's actually a bad thing. All right, it's actually a bad thing. People need to face some challenges in life. People need to learn to deal with hard times. And there's many there's many parents, well-meaning parents, maybe. Uh, they're Christian parents, but maybe they grew up in a home that wasn't Christian. Maybe they didn't have good parents. Maybe they had a very difficult childhood. Oftentimes, then they end up getting saved. They kind of end up overcompensating and just doing everything for their children. I mean, they do everything for them. They fight every battle for them. I mean, they refuse to let them have any battles I mean, they, they, it's like, I will not let my child go through any hard times. And listen, I understand being protective, but you know what? You're going to hurt them if you do that. You've got to let them deal with some difficulties. You've got to let them face some challenges. You know, and sometimes as a parent too, you might need to create those challenges for them. Okay? You, know, you might need to give them some work to do. You, got, you need to give them some responsibilities to just kind of see how they handle things. To see what they're made out of, to kind of test their character, and to try to build their character. You need to let them have some challenges. You need to let them feel some pain and, uh, you know, just go through some tough times. You've got to do that because you know what? When they leave your house, it's a rough world out there. 
It's a mean world that is out there. They're not going to show any mercy out there in the world. Now, you might show mercy as a mom or dad all the time. You know, you might just let things go and let things slide and you let them get away with things. You know, they're cheating on their homework and stuff like that. You'll let them get away with it. You know, you'll, you're not going to punish them for it, but you know what? One of these days they're going to go out and they're going to get a real job somewhere and they're not going to let them get away with cheating. They're not going to let them get away with dishonesty there. And now all of a sudden, many young people they find out what real punishment is like after they grow up when the punishments are way worse. Let me ask you, what's worse? Getting spanked, getting grounded, you know, as a child, or getting fired from your job when you have a wife and kids to support because you have no character. Let me tell you, that spanking, the pain goes away pretty quick. Grounding might last for a week or two or maybe a month, but folks, you know, how about going to jail? Okay, that's what they're going to face if you don't teach them some of these things in the home. If they, if they don't get punished in the home, eventually they're going to get punished outside the home. And folks, police aren't going to be as merciful on your children as you are. They might shoot them or tase them. You know, and because you were too nice and too loving to spank their backsides. You've got to, you've got to do these things. Otherwise, they're going to get something worse. The Bible says foolishness is bound in the heart of the child, but the rod of correction driveth it far from him. Alright? And, you know, fools, they're often the ones that are, you know, they're, they're, they're suffering out there. They're the ones that are, uh, you know, getting hurt and beat up by the police and thrown in jail all the time. It's because it didn't get beat out of them by their mom and dad. Who do you want punishing them? You who loves them and has their best interest or a society out there that has no idea what they're doing. I, I would rather be the one to do it. And you've got to deal with these things. You've got to give your children an opportunity to take a stand. Some parents are so protective of their children. I'm talking about Christian parents. They're so protective of their kids, they don't even want them around kids in church. Oh, there's a kid in the church. You know, he, He's bad. You know, He watches this movie. He does this. He does that. You know what? You've got to teach your kids to take a stand. You've got to, you've got to do that. That's just part of growing up because one of these days, they're going to be an adult and they're going to need to take a stand. You need to give them responsibility. See how they handle things. You need to instruct them and check and see if they're learning. Proverbs 1.8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. You've got to be doing the instructing. And Folks, it's not enough to just... Tell somebody something. You need to make sure they actually know it. Okay? I mean, parents, you know, those of your parents, have you ever told your kids something before and they didn't do what you told them to do? I mean, it happens to all of them. Have you ever, and have you, and while you're getting on to them for these things, you know, have they ever used excuses like, well, I didn't know, or I didn't understand? They they have all these excuses. You have to actually make sure. Okay? You have to actually, uh, you know, they need, you need, to make sure that they understand. And if we never let them go through anything, we're never going to know. We're, ne- we're not going to know what's coming when they leave. You need to make them want wisdom. It says in Proverbs 6, verse 20, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart and tie them about thy neck. Alright, now why? Okay, well, we're all good at giving rules, giving instructions. But something parents don't often do 
is tell them why this is a good thing. All right? I understand kids ought to listen to you because you're mom and dad. I get that. But there's nothing wrong with them knowing why. And notice it says here, this is why you need to do this, because when thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. And when thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp, and the law is the light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life to keep thee from the evil woman, from the flattery of the tongue of the strange woman. It's saying right here, hey, the reason you're teaching them these things, and what you are instructing them in, you're telling them, this is why we're teaching you these things. These principles that I'm instilling in you are going to get you through life. They're going to get you through the dark times. You know why? Because there's some dangerous things out there. And the thing that it specifically mentions here is the strange woman. You know why you need to instruct your boys? You need to tell them. Because there's some bad girls out there. The Bible says, Whoso findeth a wife, findeth a good thing, and obtaineth favor of the Lord. But you know what? There's also the brawling woman. The Proverbs says, It's better to dwell in the corner of a housetops than in a large halls with a brawling woman. You don't want that. You don't want the strange woman. You don't want to marry that lost girl. There's some woman out there you don't want. And if you follow the rules that we're teaching you, if you follow these instructions, you won't get that one. And you say, well, you shouldn't judge. Folks, first off, that's just a misuse of the Bible and I don't have time to talk about that. But you better believe I'm going to teach my children to judge when it comes to certain things. You better believe I'm going to teach my daughters to judge men. I'm going to point out just these lazy... I'm going to point them out. These guys that are in their 30s that are just lazy, that are in their pajamas at noon, playing video games all day, that won't get a job. You better believe when I see those guys, when we come across those guys, I'm going to point, my, point those out to my daughter and say, don't ever get a guy like that. He doesn't take care of his girlfriend. He doesn't take care of those kids he got her pregnant with. He makes her work. When we see these women that are out there working a job to support their boyfriend who's playing video games at home, you better believe I'm going to point that kind of thing out to my daughter. I'm going to say, you know, that girl right there is the kind of girl that didn't listen to her parents. Because there's no mom or dad in the world that would encourage their daughter to marry a guy like that or to get with a guy like that. You better believe I'm going to point those things out. You better believe I'm going to teach my daughters to judge and I'm going to teach my boys to judge. These women that are out there that like to flaunt themselves and try to you know, attract men to them with their bodies in a sensual way. You better believe I'm going to point it out whenever those girls are the ones that go out and get pregnant and end up with the bums and end up turning into just scary looking monsters from all the drugs and things that they've been taking, you better believe I'm going to point that out to my boys and say, you know what, they might look like this now, but they're going to look like that later. You want to go for that? Fine. Let me show you where this ends up. And I thank God my dad did that with me in my own life. I thank God growing up in the ministry, I saw many examples of that. I saw where my dad would judge situations and he would say, this is what's going to happen with these people. And sure enough, that's what would happen with the people. And then, if I was ever tempted to do what those people were tempted to do, I was like, you know what? I know where this ends up now. I'm not doing that. You better believe I'm going to teach my children to judge these things because there's some dangerous things out there. There are some places I don't want my children to go. I want them to end up with the right people. So I'm going to show them those things. I'm going to show them these terrible ends. So you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, I want wisdom. I want to have wisdom. You know what? I'm going to read the Bible. 
Wow. And you know what it just happens to say in the Bible? It tells us to obey the commandments of our Father and forsake not the law of thy mother. That's what the Bible teaches. It teaches us to listen to our parents. It teaches us to follow their advice. That is wisdom. Because you know what? Parents know more than children. A universal truth that's true 100% of the times is parents are always older than their kids and parents are always more experienced than their kids. It's just a universal truth. Alright? It's just the law of nature and children ought to listen to their moms and dads. They ought to follow these things and you gotta make them want it. You can't go get into this worldly mentality of don't judge anybody, don't look down anything. Folks, there are some horrible cultures out there, there are some horrible situations, and people aren't getting there for no reason. They're there for a reason, and if you know what those reasons are, don't you be afraid to tell your kids this is why they ended up like that. Every every man in here, you know, you've worked with just these just deadbeat losers that would care more about playing video games and working. They're calling off work all the time. You can't count on for anything. You've all seen these guys get fired. You've all seen that these guys can't accomplish anything. You've seen where they live as a result of them just being stinking lazy. Show your kids that. Teach them that. And when you see that as a parent, let that be a warning to you to say, you know, I'm not going to let this happen to my kids. And raise them different. You've got, you've got to do that. But many parents, many Christian parents, they end up raising up weaklings. They just don't want them to go through anything. Kids need to go through stuff. They need some experience. You've got to help them with this and you got to, you got to guide them through it. So then the last thing Christian parents often do, they often spoil them, giving them unrealistic expectations in life. Alright, maybe you didn't have much growing up. Maybe you were really poor growing up and you think that to be a successful parent, You've got to give your kids everything they want, but that can be one of the worst things you can ever do. It says in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 20, it says, Be not among wine-bibbers, among riotous eaters of flesh. For the drunkard and the glutton shall come to poverty, and drowsiness shall clothe a man with rage. Those people that are just gluttons and drunkards that just got to just fill themselves with everything that they want, the Bible says they're going to come to poverty. It's going to ruin them. It, and many parents today, it's like they did without growing up, and so they don't want their children to ever do without. Folks, it's okay sometimes if your kids do without something. You know what? We live in a world that is full of advertisements trying to make people feel like victims because they don't have something. Do you all realize that's just a scam to get more money out of you? Do you all realize that's just a scam to put you in debt? Folks, if you have, if you are clothed right now, if you have a roof over your head, and if you're not starving to death, and you have enough food to eat, do you realize you're rich compared to most of the world? Yet Americans often think they're victims because they're not driving the brand new car that they saw in the commercial. They don't have the big fancy house. They don't have the latest and greatest iPhone. They don't have all these things. You know, the teenagers, they're like, yo, mom, why can't I have the latest iPhone? Every kid on every child sitcom I watch, They've all got cell phones. Their moms and dads let them do this. Y'all realize that's just marketing? You know what? Let your kids understand it's okay for them to do without some things. Otherwise, you know what they're going to do when they grow up? All of a sudden, they're going to become adults. Well, everybody else has this. I should have it too. And they're going to feel completely justified just maxing out credit cards, getting debt this place, getting debt that place, and just ruining their lives financially because they have this mentality, I deserve it all. Folks, I'm sorry, but you know what? 
if you're not making you know enough money, you know you don't deserve to drive a Rolls Royce. All right. Now I might think I'm a great person. You know I think I deserve the best things in life. But you know what? You know you're not supposed to be on a caviar and wine diet on a crackers and cheese. You know salary. You got to teach your kids that. Sometimes you have to do it. Oh man, look at all those people going to the fancy restaurant. Oh, you know, sorry, son, we can't afford it. We're going to McDonald's. You know, that's just you, you, that's just reality. They need to understand that. They need to learn that. And it's like many parents. Oh, I'm so ashamed. You know, I can't get my kid the you know latest Air Jordans or Air LeBron James. I guess Jordan. I don't know if they have the. You know, they think, you know, I don't. I don't know what the new shoes are. You know, I never had a pair of Air Jordans growing up. But, you know, that's okay. That's fine. I'm not a victim because of it. And you parents, when you try to give your kids all those things, you're just going to ruin them. Don't, don't do it. You know, it's not child abuse to make them work for something. And many moms are ashamed to follow biblical methods, but that will guarantee future shame. Proverbs 29.15, The rod and reproof give wisdom, but a child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. You know, one thing that every mother needs to realize is that your children will eventually leave no matter how you train them. And while your children will leave the house, you know this, every mom here knows this, they'll never leave your heart. So what are you got to do? You know, you've got to train them right. Proverbs 10.1, I'll close with this. The Proverbs of Solomon, a wise son maketh a glad father, but a foolish son is heaviness of the mother. If they leave your house, you can say, all right, my responsibility is over. But do you really want them ending up in jail? You don't think that'll bother you if they go to prison? You better believe it's going to bother you. Proverbs twenty three twenty two: Hearken unto thy father, beget thee, and despise not thy mother when she is old. Why? Because your mom still cares when she's old. The fa- verse twenty four: The father righteous shall greatly rejoice, and he that begetteth the wise child shall have joy of him. Thy father and thy mother shall be glad, and she that bear thee shall rejoice. Why? Because the thing that makes a mom happier than anything is a happy child when they're grown up. And, fo- and you know, young people, the best thing you can do is make your mom happy because what makes your mom happy is you being happy. That's what makes them happy. And Christian parents, Christian moms, you've got to watch out for these things. These are, these are the things that I see Christian parents often do that messes things up. And just if you have the right mindset, if you have the right goals, It'll help you do the right things from day to day, and I believe you'll turn out better adults. We need to keep raising good kids, but we need to make sure we produce some good adults. That's very important, and that needs to be your mindset. Your mindset shouldn't be, I just want to raise a good kid. No, you need, I want to produce a good adult. Because they're going to be an adult a lot longer they're going to be a kid. They're going to live outside your house a lot longer than they're going to live inside your house. And that needs to be your mindset. And I, I hope this will help you. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word and the instruction it gives us. I pray You'll help everyone in here to take these things to heart. Lord, we thank You for the mothers that are here. And uh, Lord, it's, it's, uh, it's a scary thing. You know, raising kids, you don't want to mess up. You don't want to make mistakes. But Lord, I pray You'll just help everyone and guide them. And uh, I pray that we will not just raise good kids, but we'll produce some great adults. In Your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Let's go.